1: Hey, Cash clan. This episode is brought to you by Caswell Massey. Caswell Massey is the original apothecary company in America, first established in 1752. So go check them out because I love them.
2: Now, can you swore an oath to do no harm, but... Perhaps you could aid him the way you did call him. What? If your oath is to do no harm, then... Isn't it better to save his soul than to have those men tear it from his body? All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome, my name's Mary Larson.
1: My name's Blake, and I just wanted to tell all of you off the bat, straight up right now, that I am incredibly proud of my wife. Why? Incredibly proud. Oh, tell me. Because you are sicker than a dog right now. <laughs>
2: yes, I am.
1: <laughs> and uh, you, you, you're toughing through it. We, we got some apple cider from Dunkin' Donuts. We, heat, we heated it up a little bit. May or may not have thrown uh, some some rum and some butterscotch schnapps and cinnamon schnapps in there to, to get her through this process, but uh, Mary, Mary Mary's taking one for the team here today, and I'm so proud of you, my darling. So if my voice sounds a little weird now you know why your voice sounds like a dumpster fire Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no but i will say this um unfortunately for most of you who do not like me and love mary <laughs> you're probably going to be stuck with me talking for a lot of this episode
2: i'll try my best Blake. Um, i'll try my best
1: but i you know i i you know hey it is what it is i gotta take one for the team today and uh, more than likely my my voice will be garbage at the end of this one too because i'll be doing a lot of talking <laughs> So before we get into this episode, I just wanted to make sure that you guys are on the ball, you're following us, and you subscribe to the podcast on whatever you're listening to right now, whether it's on YouTube, if it's on iTunes or Apple Podcasts app, Beyond Pod, any podcatcher you can think of, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get all these episodes downloaded to your phone or your computer or your YouTube account automatically uh, also find us on facebook twitter instagram youtube uh, like i said uh, smoke signals and anything we y- you can think of we are on it and it's all with the title or handle outlander cast and make sure you become an official member of the outlander cast clan at OutlandercastClan.com where you can get all the great benefits and extras this season like the extra AfterDoc uh podcast episode which we will be doing right after we record this and access to all the special Outlander cast giveaways, which you will hear more about at the end of this episode. We are giving away two more things uh, at the end of this episode, and you'll hear more uh, about free swag and all, so much more of all the great stuff in the uh. great community, OutlanderCastClan.com. Marvin, are you ready to get into this episode?
2: Yes, let's get into the show.
1: You kind of like sound like Jessica Rabbit a little bit oh. here. <laughs> And I'm kind of into it. Awesome. (laughs) Now I just need I need you to have the red uh, red dress.
2: You're lucky that you threw that button because I was like, Why don't you do right like some other men do? That's what she sings, it's her song, man. I got you, I got you. Now, nah. but Bam McCurry's music is much better, right now yes, than it my is. Voice. So, tell me a bit more about the episode details. Oh,
1: you poor thing, <laughs> you poor thing. Uh, the episode title is Do No Harm. And it was do no harm because that is exactly what Claire had to make a choice to do. The writer was Karen Campbell, who wrote two episodes last season. It it was a new writer that was brought in for the back half of season three. She wrote Creme de Menthe" and Uncharted. The director was Julian Holmes, who helmed America the Beautiful, which was the season four premiere. Mm -hmm. And the DP, once again, was Alistair Holmes. Walker, my love, yes, my dad. my sick, poor, darling, love. <laughs> what do you got for your kilt rating for Do No Harm? A four point four. Okay, why do you got four point four?
2: Um, just because, as many of you listeners know, that's relatively low for me. <laughs> so, right. Um, you know, I love it still because it's Outlander, and I love it for so many reasons that I'm going to go into. But I don't like blood. So generally oh. Claire has like one big operation per season. I hope mm-hmm. that this is one and done. Um, but also <sighs> hashtag awkward feels the whole time for everybody watching this. I mean, this wasn't like a joyful, yay episode. Right. So, um, you know.
1: And, and it's, a, it's a black mark on American history. Uh, it's a, it, it's. You know, it's it's rough subject matter. It's not easy it's for anybody. It's supposed to be
2: difficult, and because right. it's supposed to be difficult, I'm not giving it a super low rating. I think yep. that they had very difficult material. We as viewers are supposed to feel uh, very sad and awkward for it. So because it made me feel properly, that's why it's still in the like pretty decent four range.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go for a, a four kilt rating on nice. this one. I'm going for a four-kilt rating because, you know, I give Outlander and Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia and now even Karen Campbell here credit. Mm -hmm. I give them credit for tackling something that is very bold. Um, Again, Outlander has never shied away from the ugly parts of history. It's never shied away from the ugly parts of Diana's writing, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. And that is why I give this episode a four kilt rating. The things that bring it down for me and where it fails for me actually is not necessarily the content, but it fails for me in the fundamentals of television making, which was in placement, in structure. And it takes all of the tension that we had created from the previous episode and just, you know, Thanos finger snaps it, you know, away uh, and everything just got dusted. Um, pretty instantly for a detour that we go on to in this episode that where our characters don't necessarily change or learn or do anything different. They are one way when they begin and they end the same way when it ends. The only thing that changes is where they're heading. Mm -hmm. Um, And that to me, using slavery, using Rufus for that, Plot element is what makes this episode a downer for me. Not necessarily the content, but the way that it was used. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. So what is your GBG?
2: Okay, my good for this episode is the uh, the family. Okay. We, Ian, and Jocasta.
1: Oh, okay. Okay?
2: I just love this family. I kind of want to have Thanksgiving with them. Um <laughs> We, Ian, with a skunk oh, that situation, was great. amazing. Uh, he's just such a doll, just such a doll. And I'm so glad he's okay because I was very concerned at the end of that boat where Ian was because we never got to see Ian at the end of last episode, so I didn't know if he was thrown off the boat. I didn't know if right. the pirates had taken him. It
1: ended with him just being
2: dragged it out off the with
1: the with the pirates. Yes. And that was it.
2: And then Rolo we know is okay. So I'm happy because those weren't clarified at the end of the last episode. And Jocasta, goodness gracious.
1: She's like that aunt that has zero Fs. Yeah. Her her, her F's account is on overdraft. <laughs> and she's gonna tell you Yes. I like that. I I, I like that about her.
2: So my bad for this episode... Um. simply stated, I will not be rewatching this episode that frequently. A lot of the episodes of Outlander, I just keep on and then, you know, bleeds into the next one. It's great. It's great background um, music, Big, great background scenery, great background sex. Um, there's just lots of things that I love about it mm-hmm. that I'll have it on, even if I'm um, doing some chores around the house. And I just don't feel like this is an episode that will be be in my background range um, just like some other episodes that were very difficult to watch are not I mean I'll watch them again during my like re- regular rewatches like I rewatch again this week and I rewatch again when I rewatch the season but there are some episodes where I don't feel great after I watch them and gotcha. I know that that's the whole point but that's my bad it's just that this is going to be in that list mm-hmm. of Um, I won't be rewatching this one a lot.
1: Well, like, there's a couple of different ways you can interpret that, and as I'm listening to you talk about it, I feel like, like you won't necessarily rewatch The Doldrums because it was a slog to get through, or like The Search, right? It was a slog to get through. Like it was boring, right? It, it, It just wasn't up to par with what you are think that Outlander would provide. This, however, I feel like your intent is to say, like. It's just too, it's just too, um, de- like not detailed, but too violent maybe, or just the the content is just hard to consume because it's so rough. I- am I getting that right?
2: Yeah. I mean, just like I don't rewatch the rape of Jamie that frequently, you right. know, it's, it's not that, ew, this episode had things that I didn't enjoy about the plot and that I think were like awkward and weird. Yeah. Um, even though there were a couple of aspects of that, it's just that really like it, I'm someone I like to escape in stories and in shows and they don't always have to be 100% joyful. But when you're part of my rewatch repertoire, right. I like there to be a little bit more. And the only time I smiled was when we talked about a skunk spray out of its arse. <laughs> so, <laughs> or Jocasta every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so that was my bad. It's just that it won't be on my rewatch list as much as the others are. Right. Am my great, was everything aside from people talking? <laughs> <laughs> Which I know a lot of you are going to be like, what? I'm talking about. The costumes in this episode, the costume changes that happened. I was like, dang, these people have a lot of clothes. I love it. The sets in this
1: episode. The river run, the house. The
2: house. How amazing that they were able to find that in Scotland and then transform it. And just the attention to detail in this episode and in every episode of Outlander. But this one particularly... Um, you know it was so lavish so beautiful and they were even saying in their after show that they even made sure that the food that was served during the party would have been representative of what they ate at a party during that time frame and the music of this one so right. it was kind of all those things um, not to say that the characters and what they said and did was bad but I'm just saying that what I did thoroughly enjoy to a great level was the absolute beauty of
1: this episode right and you know it's funny i don't know why this stood out to me as i was watching it but when you're in the hallways of river run and it was nighttime the sconces on the walls are candles it's it's actually flame and and i know it's like that's not a big deal Mm -hmm. but for some reason just seeing the sconces with the candles and the real flame Uh. and it flickering and fluttering as people are walking by for some reason it's just it's one of those things that you you kind of take for granted yeah uh, well, actually, you definitely take for granted in the 21st century. So it's just for some reason, seeing those candles just really brought like one life. Of
2: the, one of the hallways was like this deep teal blue, and oh, I was like, yeah. "Oh, there you go." Oh, that's that's Mary Larson's heaven, Sign right there. Sign me up. I'll just sleep in that hallway. How
1: about you? <laughs> uh, the good, despite the fact that this episode was a super downer episode, and it was uh, following a relatively downer ending from the premiere, which. It was. There was actually, um, they, they abided by one of my commandments, or one of our Outlander cast's commandments. Do tell. Which is balance. Yes. It actually had some good balance. It and did. that balance was found in John Bell or uh, We Ian. Yes. His encounter with the skunk and. The subsequent explanation of that encounter, mm-hmm. as he just walks in and he's talking about this thing that looks like a raccoon or whatever it was, <laughs> and it was white and sprayed stuff out of its arse, and and then even talking with John Quincy Myers, who who was out there and and uh, Mountain Man, the Mountain Man, and you know just discovering all that stuff about the natives, and there was some really good balance in yes. here. Um I would say that it was. More towards the downer side, but we we Ian here is bringing some good stuff, and I'm surprised at that. I I've never quite connected to that character, but I'm starting to like him more.
2: I agree. I agree.
1: The bad for me was that the writers are just so desperately wanting and needing to tackle the slavery situation because it's something that you just you cannot skip past. Right? Agreed. Oh, you can't. You, you no, cannot it's... whistle past the graveyard there. Right. But they, they neither have the artillery or the the real estate to really tackle this subject.
2: Mind you, all of the writers are white.
1: Uh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And the director was white. He's yeah. a white English dude. Yeah. Um and you know what Which, whatever. Like uh,
2: No, I don't think it's whatever. I think it just needs to be known that this is a difficult topic no matter what, but especially Written from um, a English white woman's perspective and trying to save the day and everything, and that. Um, so, you know. it, but it gives it some
1: validation because they are, they are writing it from a, a white woman's perspective with twentieth-century sensibilities, and they're they're white, either American or English people, writing in the twenty-first century with with liberal sensibilities. So, I mean, I. I think there's something to be translated there, but I mean, it is what it, that that's just a that's a, an affectation of, of the world that we're in today, right? It, you, you, that's the only way. That's the only way that they can write it.
2: That they those particular people. <clears throat> oh, okay, well,
1: yeah. So what I'm getting at is this: they, in order to kind of combat all of this, they dedicate essentially h- half of an episode to the direct confrontation of, of slavery and how claire handles that and they even get into the mechanics of it all with a touch of drummed up drama which is probably the best that they could do the problem is because they dedicate half of an episode to it and they have to go on they have to get to more stuff it was rushed and i still don't know if they know how to handle slavery fully and here's the problem. The writers, the way that even you and I are talking about it right now, the writers are in a lose-lose situation. Oh, yeah. They they, they, they can't just stick with it. They can't give it its due because this, is, this isn't this is roots, right? This is not roots. They, they're not spending the whole time at Riverrun. They have to get on to the rest of the Outlander story.
2: And they changed the story. This is different than the book. So just so you know, there was a lot more time... To breathe. There were many, uh, several other characters, and they changed the storyline to quicken this
1: up. Right, but they also, yeah, they they have to move on, but they yep. can't, but they can't move on too quickly. They have to give us something to actually. Pardon the pun, but get our hooks into, like, to to get our hands oh, on. Oh, Blake, too soon. Well, you too know what? I, I didn't mean it in a bad way, but to get our to get our hands on and say, I okay, understand. this is worthy of our time, right?
2: Well, and I think they just needed to show us Claire obviously detests slavery, and it's this bad that things just got bananas on like the second day of her being there. So Straight she can't banana stay. land. Like that's, I think that they said that's what they needed. They were like, we obviously need to spend a day on this. But we only have thirteen episodes, right. so let's just amp it up and go. And let's get it crazy done. and
1: like what, what I think their mantra, at least the way that I interpret it, was literally "do no harm." Like, I, just don't screw this up. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do it. Let's get on with it and let's. How get past it. How many writers do
2: you think were like watching Twitter with a hashtag for the episode, biting their nails like we are? Oh whoa, man,
1: this is one of those things where I think people. I think the writers are probably well aware of they the touchy a nature. Yeah. Oh, I think they were having a or six <laughs> um, because this again, this is a sensitive. No easy. Yes. This is sensitive material here, yes. and in 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 order to do it justice, you have to do it right. Correct. Uh, and what well, I mean, what's the definition of right? Right. I mean, how how, how can you even tackle that? Um, so again, I think the 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 modus operandi here for the writers was just okay. Let's do no harm. Let's not screw it up. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not have people. If people are like you, Mary, yeah. and they're like, I watched it. I'll mm-hmm. never watch it again. I think they're happy with that because it's not one of those things. i going never
2: watch it again. It's just not on my like hardcore well, list. You know, you
1: know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to watch it now. I got through it, but now it's gone. It's done. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably not going to revisit it for a long time. And let's just not set a flame, let's not f- set Twitter ablaze, Correct. right? Um, and Twitter is easily set ablaze. So I think Do No Harm was literally their modus operandi and also the show's title. Yes. <laughs> because let's not screw it up. But the great, and this is absolutely the great, is Bear McCreary. The, go back and listen to the score, how it how it small it is and then all of a sudden just swells Mm -hmm. when you have claire giving rufus the tea with the arsenic in it yes uh it was it was heartbreaking it absolutely made the moment Mm -hmm. with rufus and claire and even though we we knew rufus for about a, a second and a half and we got the drummed up drama of him telling the story of his sister whatever it absolutely made that moment worthy. The music did, made it worthy of our emotion. Mm-hmm. It made it worthy of us being like, "Holy smokes!" Like I just, I just rewatched it right before we recorded, just to get myself back mm-hmm. into it. And I'm, I'm like, I'm tearing up watching this whole thing, and it's because of Bear McCreary's music. It's absolutely because of Bear yep. McCreary. So um, that was my grade. Nice. He, he Bear, Bear, just Bear, Bear is the, the most consistent Bear. part of this show.
2: I would say the costumes as well and the sets. I would say everything that was in my great fair <laughs> costume sets nailed it yes. seamlessly.
1: So listen, a lot of people have been pretty negative about Wigs this are not
2: on that list. No, yes. wigs are not on that list, especially <laughs>
1: Jamie's. Oh my God, those bangs. It, I was just saying, it looks like he was wearing like a Davy Jones hat, you know, but it's, it's just red. <laughs> it's, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen it. My darling. But a lot of people have been pretty negative about this episode.
2: I've been sick, so I haven't really been on the interwebs that much. But I can believe that people have been pretty but negative about this episode. I believe yeah, it.
1: And I think a lot of it is due to like again our sensibilities as a twenty first century person mm-hmm. who or twentieth century person who is watching this. Yeah. With our sensibilities for current peak TV. You know, they're talking about, like, white savior syndrome and Claire and Jamie. And in, while it's not entirely false, I feel like that's just undue criticism. I mean, you, you, when you have two characters that are, that are back in time and they're dealing with slavery and they're in a position where they have, you know, an, an option to... Uh, when, they, when they have an option to, like, alter what's happening to slaves... Or,
2: they don't really have the option. They've tried to change it. Well, no, they the have best. an
1: option to. They just they aren't able necessarily okay. to, right? When somebody like Claire, it's just I think it's undue criticism because you're going to run into that no matter what when you when you have yes. this kind of show. And some people are are even critical of Claire for acting the way she did with Jocasta and and like being bossy and like, you know, crossing her arms with Jocasta being like looking down on her a little bit.
2: Like when she was getting fitted with her dress and getting sass. I thought that was actually like a fun scene because both women were just sassy and then Jocasta was like...
1: I totally agree. Mackenzie. I I 100% agree. And then Claire going around telling people what to do when she's doing the surgery and and like it's this misguided strong woman attitude. And then some people are even blaming her for the situation with Rufus, like it was all her fault. That what, he died? Yeah. Again, it's not entirely all wrong. But I think too that this criticism is misguided. I mean, how would you act? Right?
2: Well- Here's the other thing, and I don't think it's been said in like interviews or stuff, but when I saw this family get off the boat, and here they are at this grand house, and Claire probably hasn't had a good night's sleep since she left Boston. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. I would agree. She has left her daughter. She was just attacked by Stephen Bonnet, saw another friend who she's gotten to know and love be hanged, saw another friend have his throat slit, and then a couple days later, Shows up at River Run and she's supposed to be peachy keen and on best behavior. I'll tell you what, I would be at, strung out. <laughs> she didn't seem to have much wine in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that Jocasta broke out the nice vintage, but like that little sip was not enough to calm down Claire Fraser <laughs> after everything she's gone through. So I can believe that with the situation that she has recently been going through, she would be a little short yeah with people and
1: again with the sensibilities that
2: where she comes from exactly like it's not like she's going to be like okay claire let's have a let's have a personal talk remember what time frame you're in okay like
1: it, it, it's not like it's not like claire has been a character that has looked at situations and said okay let's think this through pretend you're an actor let's let's just use our brain no, no. Claire, you know as as a character one of her traits at least within the show mm-hmm. is that She thinks something and it comes out, Mm -hmm. and she, I mean, she doesn't leap. I mean, she she like what's what's that what's that term in that in that in the movie leap? Like, is it not (laughs) plie? It's the one where like the person. But isn't it like the grandpa? Yeah, whatever it is, the ballet dancer just jumping as far as they. She does that before she thinks. She does every. That's just the kind of character she is, and I know that you, the listener. Or you, my darling wife, sitting across the way from yes. me. If you were in this situation, knowing that you are from where you are, yep, you it, the slavery and everything that would is entailed in it would disgust you.
2: Oh my gosh, I would be having such a difficult time.
1: And I know it. Yes, you're right. It would disgust you to the point where you would you would barely even be able to contain it.
2: I don't know if I would be able to, and that's why I can appreciate Claire, right? Because I too speak up way too much, and or so some people think. But <laughs> right, but uh,
1: so I cannot get on Claire for Claire acting the way a that she did. So she can speak her mind. Oh, I know. However, I know. she was. And then I've also heard that Claire is being inconsistent because she's taking the dress that that Phaedra made, and she's getting fitted, and she is benefiting from from all of the uh, from all of the.
2: Niceties and, niceties and luxuries and all the yeah. things
1: that slaves are are providing for Jo Casta even even like when we were in in uh, Jamaica you know she's benefiting from those slaves at the time and she, Claire is being inconsistent hmm. and again it's not entirely wrong but that's just the way things were at the time mm-hmm. it is what it is so i can't get on the episode for that what i can get behind on this episode for is the way that it makes you feel and we i mean we've talked about it right like Mm -hmm. this this is not a happy episode it is what it is but you're not always watching tv necessarily to be happy go lucky you're not always watching tv you're 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 watching tv to be given in an emotional story whether it is happy sad thrilled scared whatever it is it has to evoke an emotion from Mm -hmm. you right Would, would that be fair yes great and where the show really works, where this episode really works, and why I give this a four-kilt four rating is because the show has this parallel, right, between Claire, who, again, is from the 20th century, and she has serious thoughts about slavery. She has serious thoughts about this plantation life. And the, the second that she steps foot on River Run, she is instantly... I mean, we even before she gets uh, sets foot on River Run, right? She's mm-hmm. uh, she's already chastising the boat owner for his uh for his employee who she thinks is a slave, and the guy's like, yeah, no, uh, he has a fair wage, he's getting paid, mm-hmm. and he's free. <laughs> By the way, when that guy, <laughs> when that guy, when when they showed up to River Run, and the boat owner is like. And there she is.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And there's River Run. All I could think about
2: was Hagrid <laughs> when he's like, "Harry, welcome to Diagon Alley.
1: You're a wizard, Harry."
2: Like they both had this low husky voice and it was like, "Here, viewers, here is where we are." It's In my River very Run. clear voice,
1: "Welcome to River Run. Welcome to Diagon Alley." And they have this she has this thinking about what's going on in river run and then we have also joe casta who is what is you know air quotes a benevolent slave owner right she is this kind of woman who is letting families stay together she's treating apparently her slaves well but she still owns them and she's still comparing them to livestock, even saying that they're, oh, no, 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 way more more valuable than livestock. And the beauty of it it is that Jocasta is a woman of her time operating within the law. And throughout the whole episode, especially in the back half, they keep saying, this is the law. Mm -hmm. This is what, you may not like it. I'm sorry, you're a lively one, aren't you? But hashtag not my problem yeah because this is how it works, and having Claire be in this time having the sensibilities that she does and then playing that off of Joe Costa, who is yes, trying to be a good person mm-hmm. but is operating within the law, I think that is a fantastic parallel, right? Yes. It's a fantastic parallel. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I just I also loved seeing another very strong female who um, She's made it. Yes. And like she don't need no man anymore. You know, she's she's fine aside from Ulysses helping her <laughs> right. see and, and tell her what's going on. I mean, even towards the end of the episode, this mob with pitchforks throwing rocks in her house, she still, for the most
1: part, kept her cool. She thought they'd given them the business, being like, listen, I, uh, I don't have to deliver this guy until 12 o'clock. Yes. And that's what I fully expect to do. And yep. you're going to have to deal with it. Yep. I quite appreciated Joe Casta in this episode. I agree. I appreciated her because she recognizes Claire for what she is and who she is mm-hmm. and appreciates that and says, You are a good fit for my for my nephew. Yes. Yes. But still maintains her own her own um values mm-hmm. and still maintains order that is necessary to run River Run.
2: And she acted so mother-in-law-ish with Claire. You know, like, yes. oh, you're, I, you know, complimented the way that she looks. Uh, you know, happy that her <laughs> her nephew has married such an interesting woman, um, but still, like, lets it be known, I'm the woman of this house.
1: Right, and she even kind of goes alpha female on Claire and being like, so, what do you think of Riverrun? Mm-hmm. It's nice, isn't it, huh? <laughs> like, she lets her know. Listen, listen, lady, I'm giving you the business here. Yeah. I no 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 and the second part that really works for me is I remember last season really harping on the on the fact that Claire never made it like never had repercussions for her choices mm. um, like for example going back in time she never had repercussions on, like w- whether it was from Bree or whatever and the only time she actually had something that choice that that the when she made a choice and it made weight mm-hmm. was when she went to Jamie was like maybe i shouldn't have come back. yeah. right? that was the only time i felt like there was repercussions. however, in this episode, she absolutely makes a choice and she is absolutely forced to see the horrors of what that choice brings in this episode, right? Mm-hmm. i mean, people are threatening to burn down river run. Uh, rufus is suffering and she even eventually has to euthanize rufus and then eventually see him dragged Through the dirt and then lynched. Those those repercussions are uh, undeniably linked to Claire. They 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 just you can't you can't get through it without like you. Those things are as a result of what Claire does. It is what it is. That's a fact.
2: I mean, had Rufus just died on the hook, the mob. Uh, having this, all of this happen at River Run in front of all the, the slaves there right. like all of this wouldn't have happened with all this hostility and all this anger and it's not to say that I don't think Claire should have tried to save him you know where we too <laughs> like we need to remove ourselves and put ourselves back at that time but that's what you're saying is that because she chose to do what she did because she chose to bring him inside put them on the table bring him to her bed right. do all these things now
1: she puts everybody everyone. in a place of big time vulnerability
2: Ulysses says like you're doing this is making all of the slaves here at river run in danger because right. now we're all going to be watched like hawks Now we're all going to be nervous like
1: and it's it's not just the, the slaves yep. it's it's jamie it is ulysses it mm-hmm. is jocasta mm-hmm. it is river run on the whole the place is going to be burned down yes and and think of what the position that jamie is in and i there's that one scene when he's like claire i've gotten till midnight mm-hmm. okay we <laughs> that's it yeah, there, there's no way around this kid like there's no way we're giving this guy up and I, I started to tear up a little bit mm-hmm. when I when I saw this because I could only picture myself in this situation mm-hmm. and that is why this story works because of the characters that are in it the choices that Claire makes and how that affects everybody within it. I mean think about uh, Jamie even disappointing Jocasta with this now. Jocasta is the person who looks and sounds and resembles his mother. It's the it, when he sees her for the first time, oh, he has this yes. like emotional, like visceral response to Jocasta, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's my mom. Like yep. it, it's, she, I mean, not literally, but it's like her. Holy smokes, right? Yeah. Think of that. And Claire is putting them all in a position where she has chosen to save this kid. And if she had, hadn't done it, none yep. of this would have happened. None of it. So I like the fact that it's all rooted within the characters, whether it's Rufus, whether it's Jamie, whether it's Ulysses, mm-hmm. whether it's Joe Castor, whether it's Claire. All of that, that is what it is, and that's why it absolutely works. But before we continue with the rest of the episode, I want to talk to you about Caswell Massey.
2: Castle Massey products are all free of parabens, sulfates, artificial additives. They're also all proudly made right here in the US and they're never tested on animals. Never, so never, those never. of you who have fur babies like ourselves, and you and you love making sure that, that those products are safe and not tested on animals, you're gonna wanna listen up. In addition to their sixteen unique fragrances and perfumes, they also and offer
1: a full line of beautiful soaps and lotions, all the lotion, all the lotion you can think of, <laughs> as well as ready-to-gift sets or even make your own gift sets. So you actually get to hand-pick from their entire collection what you gift, including the number six, which I can't I can't stop talking about. It's
2: really, really good.
1: Your boy George Washington wears it. If he's good enough for it, I am too. So if you go and make your own gift set option, each box can actually accommodate one of their fragrances, a hand cream, bar soap so you can gift the whole Caswell Massey experience to somebody else. So to learn more about Caswell Massey's special gift services for Christmas, we got the holidays coming up. And if you want 20% off of that purchase, go to caswellmassey.com and enter the code OUTLANDICAST at checkout.
2: To keep up with their new products, additional promotions, and upcoming collaborations, you could follow them on their social media, Caswell Massey. That is right. C-A-S-W-E-L-L-M-A-S-S-E-Y.
1: A a small note, it does not come with wooden teeth. (laughs) I promise. I'm going to mention the wooden teeth every single episode somehow, (laughs) some (laughs) way. Here is what I feel like is is the issue that I talked about with the structure and the placement of this episode. Karen Campbell is the lady that wrote Creme de Menthe, right? And I think it shows in this episode. Mm. I think because to me, this episode is like um,
2: you're throwing some shade at Karen. A little bit, yeah, I could tell. A little bit. We just got to take another sip.
1: But I'm going to say this: Karen did an excellent job on Uncharted. I know a lot of people did not like that episode. They didn't like Claire going, you know, through the the woods and you know, talking coconuts and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I get it. I really thought that was a spectacular choice. That that they made for that particular episode. But to me, this episode is like a spiritual cousin to creme de um, And it's, it's evident in the structure uh, of this episode, right? Mm-hmm. So the episode begins on a cliffhanger from the previous episode in the same. And all of these things apply to both creme de and this episode. It begins on the end of a cliffhanger from the previous episode, and then it quickly disposes of that cliffhanger Mm -hmm. very quickly. The Frasers um, live their lives, their lives continue pretty easily. They go off and do their own thing. Mm -hmm. Ian goes off and does his own Ian things, right? Playing with Uh, Rolo. Claire is uh, readjusting to a new life in a new place with new customs. New herbs. Uh, Jamie is taking care of familiar matters outside of Claire's purview. He's doing what he has to do. Claire has to save a patient despite the obvious reasons not to save that patient Ooh. claire and jamie debate the logistics of saving that person Ooh. even calling into question the mechanics of the entire situation how do we even do this we have to like you you've put us in a situation you've put us in a, a problematic uh, and like, both
2: people were like pretty much dead right I mean, between the guy that came in and tried to rape, claire. Tried to rape her and, and, and knocked his head on the stone
1: and you know she's drilling holes into his head so gross! and she's taking hooks out of the other kid right (laughs) yep and there's a a major surgery scene
2: wow this is blowing my mind
1: Uh, then a fight or a skirmish or of some kind of conflict Mm -hmm. breaks out and the ending of the episode is a devastating blow for the Fraser crew or uh, the Frasers in general as they look on to a a tragedy that's happening right in front of their faces that being either the printing press burning down or seeing Rufus Being lynched Mm -hmm. and it affects the Fraser crew in an undeniable way that you would think would change them fundamentally, but it doesn't. It doesn't fundamentally change them. They aren't altered in any particular way, right? after the after the printing press burns down, Claire and Jamie are just Claire and Jamie. They're going on. They're doing other things. Mm-hmm. and it's moved on so quickly that they they can't even process that. same thing same thing here. Yes, they see Rufus and it's terrible the way that he dies. and after hearing about his sister and how he was taken with it from mm-hmm. from his sister and he wants to go
2: see her again and night fishing. oh my God. and
1: the night fishing, oh my God, and how he still night fishes, all that stuff. He did a great job. He, that kid was great, seriously. But it doesn't change Claire. It doesn't change Jamie. All it does is just push them on to the next thing. After this, you can imagine they're not sticking around a river run. No. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they're sticking around uh, for river run. So this was a spiritual cousin. And there are differences, and sure, and whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and that's the problem. Creme de menthe was not a good episode. Yeah. And when you follow that same exact structure, what do you think is going to happen? Right? What do you th- you're you're giving us the same exact thing just with different names and different setting. Mm-hmm. It it's it's not gonna be a the 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 episode that everybody talks about. Um there are good things within it, and I think it, it had a little bit more substance to it for for uh Do No Harm, but it's essentially the same thing. And I think Karen Campbell is the one who is providing that. You know what I mean?
2: Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah Poor Karen. <laughs> but I really enjoyed so much of this episode.
1: Right. Hey, do you like how Karen Campbell got in the rivalry between the Campbells and the McDonald's? Oh, my
2: gosh. For those of you who are longtime podcast listeners, I don't know if you remember, but my dad has told me that like our family wouldn't really be able to play with anyone who had the last name Campbell, that my dad, especially as a child, he like came home from school and went to his grandmother's house, and she was like, how was your day, Steve? And he was like, great. I love my... Friend Jimmy Campbell, and she was like, What? <laughs> you cannot <laughs> no. play with the Campbell. So, my dad's side are McDonald's, and my mom's side are McKenzie's. Um, and I, my dad like has impressed it upon me. He's like, Mary, like the Campbell's and the McDonald's don't get along well. Yep.
1: <laughs> and I loved
2: that this was even said during, uh, while, while Ian and <laughs>
1: was rushing
2: right. Rolla with the vinegar, like, oh, it's like the Campbell's and the McDonald's. And I was like, whoa, it is true. Like, <laughs> Do
1: you think she stuck it in there because she's a Campbell? That's what I was getting. Oh
2: my gosh, the poor thing! She definitely won't like this episode now that she knows that I'm a McDonald's.
1: Oh yeah, no, she ain't gonna like you. We're (laughs) we're on Karen Campbell's pay no mind list. (laughs)
2: She's like, oh, she's a McDonald's. Oh,
1: she's McDonald's.
2: McDonald and McKenzie. Nope.
1: No, no, thank you. I'm all set with
0: that.
1: (laughs) Uh, how about? Uh, Claire and Jamie wanting to free all of the slaves.
2: Oh, that was so sweet. That would have been my idea too. Like Absolutely. Jamie's like, how about we just need to make more money? I mean, that's all we need to do, guys. Is we just <laughs> need to make more money that we
1: could set them all free. And then and then the guy saying, listen, to Farquad Campbell saying, Listen, if you want gonna do this, it's gonna cost you fifteen thousand pounds sterling, which is a massive amount of money. In fact, according to one of the currency converters that I that I did it's about it's just over two and a half million dollars in today's money <sighs> two and a half million I mean what are we doing here <laughs> I it was it was crazy and it was crazy and one of the things that I really love too actually mm-hmm. is Julian Holmes again Holmes did a great job with the direction of this episode I think he kept it moving. Mm-hmm. I I think he used some some easy tricks to make this episode as pretty as it was.
2: (laughs) Do you mean the tricks of, let's just show a random shot of autumnal leaves over water to make you think that it's autumn in North Carolina. Exactly. And then, oh, we're going to transition again. Here's another beautiful shot of autumn leaves not taken in Scotland. To make you think that it's out in North Carolina. I
1: will say, the quicker we get away from the from the green screen water or the CGI water, the happier I'll be. The happier Good. I'll Good. be. You'll be but there. One of the tricks that he does use is that when there's a great shot of Holmes, uh, that Holmes uses once Rufus passes away. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an overhead shot of the entire table of the entire crew that's mm. that's there right from the bed, and it pulls straight up from his hands like it's almost an out-of-body experience. Nice, yeah. Right? Which is significant because it's Ulysses that tells Claire, there's nothing we can do for his body now. Yes. That, his body, he is going. And they're going to rip him limb from limb yep. if, if you don't gonna send him It's going to be worse, over. exactly. The only thing that we can do is take care of his soul. Mm. And the shot is reminiscent of Rufus's soul Leaving his body oh, after wow. his death. They've taken care of his soul. I loved that shot. Once I saw that shot, I was like, okay, I'm in on this. Yeah. I'm I'm all in on what happened with yep. Rufus. I'm all in on the 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 emotionality of mm-hmm. the whole thing. So Love. uh all right, you ready to get into the Outlander cast staff yes, thought I of do. the week? Okay, this one is brought to you by Janet Reynolds, who is the associate editor of Outlandercast.com. Tom.
0: Thanks for asking me to join you, Mary and Blake, for the uh, thought of the week. Um, the episode Do No Harm. First, I want to say, you know, thank God for John Gary Steele. The man is a genius, and he obviously oversees his team and is just so wonderful. We've seen this in other um, seasons, obviously, but I just thought he did a wonderful job with River Run, which I know, you know, parts of it are CGI, but they did build parts of that whole first floor, and it's just absolutely stunning and gorgeous. Um, Kudos to Terry as well for the costumes, because they continue to reign supreme. And Costa is amazing. Uh, I want to give a shout-out for Maria Doyle Kennedy. Um, we have our first glimpse of Aunt Jacosta and she is a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think she and Claire, if they were locked in a room together, I'm not sure who would come out. <laughs> um, she's definitely going to give Claire a run for her money. And uh, they both have got the whole side-eye view down pat, I think. But she was wonderful, and I thought was Just really a wonderful interpretation of that character. Um, I see we're continuing with the ironic episode titles. This one is, you know, called Do No Harm. And of course, doing harm is what Claire ironically does, although she is filled with good intentions. Um, Her behavior has much broader implications, and ultimately she has to forego her Hippocratic Oath and actually help Rufus to end his life. Um, It's a diversion from the book, that storyline, and sort of there on the interwebs is being discussed what a choice it was and whether it was a good one. But I think for exposition, it probably had to go that way just for timing. And finally, I just want to say um, I just love young Ian more and more and more. I'm so excited to see him develop this season and in in ensuing seasons as well. Um, But he is just, he's just played so well by John Bell and he's got a great sense of humor, but he also just, you know, it's quite poignant. And I think he's going to really. We're watching him grow up in front of our eyes, both as an actor and as a character, and that's fun to see. So, kudos, Outlander stars. Excellent second episode, in my view.
1: Thank you, Janet. Thank you, as always. Thank you, Janet. We're going to be bringing uh, these Outlander cast staff thoughts of the week from each one of our staff for the rest of this season. So, I'm very excited about it because... Like Claire, all the ladies we got at Outlander cast, they are all opinionated. They all got something to say. And, and I'm very excited about that.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: So how about the um Outlandish Theory of the Week? Oh, you ready for that? Yeah. All right, this Outlandish Theory of the Week is brought to you by Zola Z-O-L-A. To Zola. start your free wedding website because you know what people are getting married right now actually. tis the season tis to the be be season man to get those winter weddings and the snow wedding we almost had a winter wedding we did almost It was we were seconds away from doing it and if you want to get $50 off your registry on Zola go to Zola Z-O-L-A dot com slash outlandercast and listen 500,000 couples are using Zola I, I actually wish that we had this when we got married back in the dark ages of 2010 <laughs> <laughs> because it takes the stress out of wedding planning with the free wedding websites. It gives you your dream wedding wed- registry, and affordable save-the-dates, invitations, easy-to-use oh planning tools. It literally, sounds so easy. The whole thing is on this one freaking website. And you can manage it all in one place. So you can style with the free wedding website. There's wedding website designs. And it just makes it easy to personalize your your favorite design. And, and you get all to have the cute little
2: stuff like, here's how we met. And here's yes. where you can stay. Yeah, and- all of
1: that. It even has a FAQ section where it says, can I bring my kids? Do I have a plus one? You know, am I, am I allowed to, you know, wear green t-shirts and a clown nose? <laughs> um, and you can actually put your registry straight on your wedding website. So the guests can get all the details they need and buy your wedding gift in one convenient and, of course, beautiful place. So build your dream registry. Build everything right at Zola. All right, outlandish theory time. Are you ready for this? I am. Okay, I love Auntie Jocasta.
2: Oh, and I love Auntie M- M-
1: Maria Doyle Kennedy too. I I am all about. I'm I'm all about the Kennedy life. I'm glad. Okay? I'm gonna call her M.D.K. I'm all about the M.D.K. life, and I like her because again we've talked about this, she plays this benevolent and innocent slave owner who is vulnerable, and she's going blind. And I I think this thing with Ulysses and her relying on him all the time. I think that's that's a feint. I, I or it, she, I I don't think. I, I'm not you saying think that she's, she can see. No 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 no. I'm not saying she's she can see. I'm saying she's like laying it on pretty thick with this Ulysses guy. Like it's it's just showing that she's vulnerable for the sake of being for the sake of being vulnerable. And I think she's probably laying it on a little bit more thick than she needs to, because I think she is a very strong woman. She's and, and she wants she wants to fool people she wants people to think that I'm weaker than what I really am mm. and I, and I think that's the truth but that's not my that's not my outlandish theory of the week necessarily okay. I just like the fact that she is she plays this kind of person
2: I think she comes off pretty strong to me but go Keep but, going. no but I'm saying it's one of those yeah. things
1: like you know I'm gonna show you X y and z even though I know I'm much stronger I find than it that. very
2: interesting that her brother column, was so ailed physically, but people still revered him so much. Oh, that's true, that's and then true. here, she's pretty much like the Laird, you know, of, of River Run. And she too has this physical ailment, but still is able to command such a big presence. So I find it very interesting that you have like these two really strong Mackenzies right. um, who have these physical detriments, but like they could still rock it, man.
1: Right. And, and, and I, I find that she is a strong woman. That is an absolute Mackenzie through and through, right? She is smart. I think she's smart. She's witty and she's quick on her feet and she doesn't take nothing from nobody. So I also think that there is zero, (laughs) zero, 0.0. I'm going to go full animal house on you here. 0.0 chance that she's on the up and up. In fact, I think there's even less of a chance that she got rich on her own devices. Uh, There's no way. All them husbands didn't die for no reason. Okay? <laughs> oh, you think she pulled a gay list? I think she might have. She may have. <laughs> but more specifically, I bet there's there's 0.0 chance that she wasn't on the take back in Scotland before she left.
2: Oh my gosh, Blake. I don't know how I feel about that. Are you going
1: to tell me with a straight face that while Dougal was getting all that money for the Bonnie Prince, that your girl auntie, she wasn't, she wasn't getting her hand in the till? Come on now. Come on, man. <laughs> of course she was. That... She didn't just all of a sudden just show up and get this thing, get this river run because she felt like it. Uh Uh-uh. No way. She she was interesting she's got she got hands in the till let's move on (laughs) i'm telling you that's how it goes all right mock me please hang up and try again that's right mock me
2: well it's time for giveaway time we talked about it in the premiere episode but we are going to be doing two giveaways per week because you are such incredible listeners we have such wonderful sponsors and so many people are just rocking and loving this outlander life so this week what do we have blake
1: the first giveaway we got is the Centuries Sandalwood Gift Set, which includes the sandalwood uh, uh, oils that we actually gave away last week. And it includes the Sandalwood Bar Soap and the Sandalwood Cream Lotion, all for a total value of $49.95. You can actually find this particular giveaway at Outlander Cast Clan. Dot com Again, that's OutlanderCastClan.com. And the second giveaway that we're, we're doing is the Apothecary Collection Three Cake Soap Set. What? It's that sounds th- lovely. Th- it's three triple milled bar soap and three stunning, gorgeous, beautiful okay, scents. Okay, tell me, tell me. It's Sandalwood, My number one, Cucumber. Lovely. And he- he- here's the real kicker. Oatmeal with honey. Pretend it's
2: parridge that James Fraser has made for you. Yes. <laughs>
1: With a little bit of honey in there. Yep. a mm, little Sign bit of sweet, a little savory and sweet up. at the same time. This one is is valued at $29, and you can find this one at OutlanderCastGiveaway.com. Fabulous. All right, so those are our giveaways. My darling, are you ready to close out this Jamie-scented oatmeal, yes. honey-
2: Scratch and sniff.
1: Scratch and sniff style <laughs> episode? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Probably would actually smell very bad. <laughs> Jamie looks like he needed a bath. That his bangs like were really gross, greasy.
1: Oh my god! I don't think he's. I don't think he's shampooed his hair in about seven years. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's close, scratch and seven sniff. Years.
2: Blake said in the beginning of this episode, we would love to connect with you. If you want to give us some feedback on this podcast episode, reach out to us. You can find us on in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all with the handle OutlanderCast.
1: And if you want to email us, because those social handles just aren't enough for you, you can email us at OutlanderCast at gmail.com.
2: If you're like, oh, goodness gracious, every week is like a mini Droughtlander. I want my new episode now. I want a happier episode now, please. You know what? head on over to OutlanderCast.com because if you need fresh, new, jollier Outlander material, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, our staff at OutlanderCast is insanely beautifully like
1: brilliant stupidly talented right
2: like i can't (laughs) even handle it they're much more eloquent than myself and blake and they are bringing amazing details we've got behind the scenes footage one of our bloggers andre was there on the scenes and is able to give us each week recaps on like what it was like during filming at some of these locations Mm -hmm. so head on over outlandercast.com
1: and if you want to support us, the Sport Atlantic Cast, you can do so by, you know, the best thing you can do, everyone talks about reviews and, and, and on uh, uh, on iTunes or whatever, and yeah, th- those are all great. I love them. I love reading them because it makes me feel good about myself, uh, or, you know, whatever. But the best thing you can do is just tell a friend. Tell a friend that this podcast exists. If you were like, oh my God, what they actually said about creme de menthe today, and this episode made a ton of sense, mm-hmm. and, and one of your friends didn't like Do No Harm, Give them this episode. Tell them, hey, man, these two got it down. These two got it down. (laughs) And one of them's
2: sick. (laughs) And one of them's
1: sick. They're they're, they're sacrificing their vocal cords for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, tell a a friend that we exist. And, you know, also become a member of OutlanderCastClan.com where you can get all of the great stuff in that fantastic, amazing community of people who just have these great conversations every single day.
2: Huge shout out to Kathy Ann Henry who wrote on iTunes, I started binge watching Outlander partway through season three, so I had a lot of catching up to do. Mm. Listening to Mary and Blake's discussion after each episode and hearing listener comments really helped get me up to speed. The extra features like the history episodes and interviews of people from the show and adds interest. As a book reader, Blake's outlandish predictions are always good for a laugh. Hi-oh. Great job, guys. And we also want to give a huge shout out to our most generous patrons, Carolyn, Celine, Heather, Jennifer, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, as well as Barbara, Carolyn, Dana, Dieta, Keelan, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and Tracy, and last but not least, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Peg, and Sarah, I'm telling.
1: And- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go I ahead. just
2: wanted to say, and to the rest of the Outlander cast staff. Oh I love yes, you guys. thank
1: you. And I'm telling you, Auntie's on the take. Yeah. <laughs> She's totally on the take. No way she shows up just as River <laughs> Run. And if you do like those history episodes, I may or may not have a history episode coming up on the Regulators and the War of Regulation. Wonderful. Just throwing that out there for you. Just keep an eye out for
2: it. Well, until next time, folks. My name's Mary Larson, and this is Blake, and you've been listening to Outlander Cast.